we're up to Tonga Rebekia, which is one, two, three, four lines from the bottom, Lamad Zion on the face. Rebekia. Rebekia learned, Lechem ha'osel l'kutach, potem in Bread which is made for kutach is exempt from challah. Now, just to remind us last week, what is kutach? Kutach is a dip which is made from sour milk, moldy bread crust and salt. Yeah, me neither. Any case, so the bread, the difference between the bread, ordinary bread, and the bread for kutach is that the bread used for kutach was baked in the sun rather than baked in the oven. So this bread is potter from chalos as Why? Because it's not proper bread. If it was proper bread, it would be baked in the oven. The fact that it's baked in the sun, and obviously it's for kutach, it's not, it's not proper bread. And therefore, since it's not proper bread, it's possible from challah. There's, uh, you're not hired to give challah. So you only have to give challah on bread. Well, Tanya says the Gemara, but we learned in another brasa, chai for challah. That kutach, bread made for kutach, is chai of challah, is subject for challah. Answer the Gemara, household bidding tony timer. Then the second brasa is different. Because there the price explains and says, Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Huda says, My seha machichan The manner in which it may, it is made, shows, indicates to us what it is. Why? Asa'on, if we made them ka'ovin, in the shape of bread rolls, then chayovet, they're subject to chala. Because he took pains to form the dough into the shape of actual bread rolls. So even though he's baked them in the sun, it's obvious that he's made them to be eaten as bread. Otherwise, he wouldn't have made it into the uh, shape of bread rolls. If so, then it's considered bread and it's high bachala. However, kilimudin, if you made them in the, sh- in, in, in the shape of simple sticks, in other words, no shape at all, no shape of loaves, etc., then obviously it's made for kutach, it's not made for normal bread, and then it would be potter from chala. Okay. This cover that is made in the ground. Now we have this before, cover the ara. Cover the ara is where a hole is made in the oven, at the base of the oven. And in that is thrown in is um, water and flour. And it bakes. Now it's held together because the walls of that hole contain it. And therefore, the question is, is it considered bread? Is it not considered bread? What broccoli do you make on it? So, Amalei Abayi Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, I cover the ara. It's cover the ara, ma'am abarachonalei, what is the appropriate broccoli? Amalei, Rabbi Yosef said to me, sovereign, ma'amahu. Do you really think that it's actually bread? It's just a baked dough. In other words, it's made from a very soft batter. In other words, it's very liquidy. So it's more like a pastry, it's not real, it's not proper bread. And therefore, you don't make a matzah oritz on it. But you say, However, He established his meal around the cover made in the ground. In other words, his whole meal was based on that. Then that's different. Then, in that case, if you establish your whole meal around it, it's called Kaveya Suda, then you make it, or even on this kuba, which might not even be considered bread, more like a pastry, and normally it'd be appropriate to say Mazayas on it, but because you're Kaveya Suda on it, you build your whole Suda around it, 
Therefore, that is your whole meal. You make hamotzi lechem in the oritz, mishonas rochas, and you've got to bake it afterwards. We will have, um, I think in Membeis, we will have the subject of something called pasaborba kissing. Now, it's well known, the argument, uh, when you go into a baker's shop and you buy mazinus rolls, again, there we have the situation like this. Mazinus rolls, if you're just having it as a snack, then it's mazinus. If you're conveyor sudder on it, then you have to make a mozilechem in the oret and, and bench for it. So, in other words, if you go in and you buy a, a sort of a couple of rolls from uh, a couple of mazinus rolls, and you are kaveh sudra on it, that's your whole sudra, then you have to make a mantra lechem and aris. Where do we see that? From here. Mazot trakova sudasayolayu. He was kaveh sudra, so even something that was normally mazinus is considered here a, um, a hamantra lechem and aris, considered bread. And even though it's the same food, it's exactly the same food as what you would make mazinus if you're not kaveh sudra, but the fact that you're kaveh sudra on it, and this is your whole meal, this gives it the chashivas, and that sort of uh, increases its importance and makes it a hamatz lechem in orets. Okay. Oma ma baravashi says ma baravashi for odom yotzebehen yirei chavos of the pesach. If a person eats it for his matzah on pesach, in other words, obviously it hasn't become hamatz. With matzah, you can be yotzeh. My time of why lechem only karina bay. Because we know for matzah, you have to have bread. I mean, it's just re- not real bread, but the positive says lechem only. So it's got to be considered that it, it could be bread. In other words, it's, ma- it's matzah, but it could come into bread. So therefore, it's considered bread. In other words, it's considered bread either when you're kaveh on it, and it's considered bread in respect of challah, and it's also considered bread in respect of matzah on Pesach. It all goes together. Now we start another, a new thing. For Oman Baravashi, and this has got sort of halakhic ramifications, which I don't think we'll get to tonight, but it's quite a long sugya, and at the end of the sugya we'll get to it. Oman Baravashi, high dubshad atamra, this date honey, this is a honey which oozes from the date. Okay, so it's not the date itself, but you're having the honey which oozes from the date. We say shahakul near on it. My timer, why? Literally, zeo means sweat. In other words, the moisture that comes from this fruit is not considered part of the fruit. Because if it was considered part of the fruit on the dates, one ship is omitted, we would make our eights on it. But because it's only the juice or the, 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 the moisture from it, so the honey that oozes from the date is only a shahakul. It says the Gemara command. Who does Ma Baravashi base his opinion on that any juice that comes out from, uh, from a date, or in fact juice from any fruit, etc., is only a shahakol and is not part of the fruit that you make or ate on it? So the answer is we learn it from Rabbi Yeshua. This is we learned in the Mishnah. So Vash Tamarim. We're talking about here now a non kohen who mistakenly eats truma. And the truma is either of Tavash tomorrow, the date honey, that's what we're talking about, or the Yen Tapuchim apple cider, that's wine made from apples, or vinegar, the Chomets of Sif Vodius, or late season grapes. Now, these late season grapes, Rashi explains, that the ones that grow at the end of the season, they never ripen fully. And they've got a very sort of a horrible taste to, to them. 
that all these things, or she'ame peris, or any other fruit juices, shal truma, which are, which are truma, so if a non-client eats it, normally if a non-client has truma, he's got to pay back mashalem keren the chayim. She's got to pay back the value of the actual fruit that he's eaten, because it's truma, and he's not allowed to eat it, only a client can eat truma. And he's also, as a fine, he's got to pay an extra fee. So all these cases of fruits is he obligates you to pay the keren, the, the, the principal, the chayvish, and the fee. Why? Why does he do this? Because Rebeleza holds that the juices of the fruit are like the fruit itself. And therefore, when you have the juices, it's as if you're eating the fruit. And since the fruit is a truma, you've got to pay Karen Bahaimish, you've got to pay a principal plus a fee. Rabbi Shua Kaita. Rabbi Shua exempts him from payment altogether. Why does he exempt him from payment altogether? The reason is because he considers Rabbi Shua's view, oh, there's only, Rashi explains, there's only two fruit juices which are considered like the fruit itself. And namely, that is the juice of grapes and the oil of olives. Because grapes are made for its wine and olives are made for the oil. However, all, all the juices of all other fruits, they're just considered zeoba alma, as we said, mere sweat. And therefore, the non-kayan has not consumed the fruit itself and therefore he's not, he's not high of any payment at all. If he would eat the fruit, he would be high. If he just has the juice from the fruit, it's, it, it, it's considered nothing at all, zeoba alma, and therefore he doesn't have to pay anything, not even, not even the karen. Certainly not the fifth, but not even the care, not the principle at all. Gerald? Yes? Gerald, can I ask a question? One of yeah. the shiva is dvash. Yes. So, so, so you'd expect no, dvash... is the honey, yeah, it's the honey that comes from the dates. Yes, yeah, so you, you'd expect that to be more choshev. Like, like, uh, zais is uh, the olive oil. Yes. The, you'd the expect dvash is... to be more choshev. Yeah, no, the date itself, that is the Hoshev theory, because that is one of the seven million. But what we're saying is here, there's an argument... It, it, it doesn't say tomorrow, it, it says Tvah. It does say Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. But, it, it, you know, you don't say, on, on Tvah, when you have ordinary honey, what rock do you make? You make a charcoal, you don't make that. Yeah, because that's bee honey. honey, that's bee honey. Here, here it is. Right, even if, no, even if the honey comes from what then, this is what, this is what the actual Bacholite is about. The juice that comes from the, the juice that comes that sorry the honey that comes from the date is it like the fruit itself in which case you would say a hot or is it not that's a machlokus now Mabaravashi, he says it's just there but alma it's nothing you're right even though I know what you're saying you're saying because in the posit it says devash and devash is the honey you're right but the devash refers to the honey that comes from the date and it's the date that is actually a part of the shiur zaminim. So then, yeah. that's the machos where the juice of it is considered. You're right, but you've got a good point there. So that's the argument. So in other words, Mabaravashi, he's the one who says that any honey which oozes from the dates, you make a shahakal. So the Gemara asks, who did he base his reasoning on? Where did he get this from? He got this from Rabbi Yeshua. And Rabbi Yeshua learned in the Mishnah there, which is a Mishnah in Jerumas, which says... Rabbi Yeshua says you don't have to pay neither the keren nor the extra fifth in a case where you have any of the fruit juices. Why? 
because it's only the fruit itself where you would have to pay Karen and since the juice is not part of the fruit, therefore you don't have to pay anything at all. So therefore, Mabarabashi says, since we, Rabbi Shua clearly said that juice is not part of the fruit, so I say as well, juice is not part of the fruit, and therefore in the case of honey that oozes from the date, albeit that the honey, that the date, if you eat it, a date on its own, it definitely is not ate, as, as Nossi just said, it's part of the Shivas Haminim, but nevertheless, the, 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 the honey that oozes from the date, that you make a shahakal according to Mabarabashi. Omelay Ahu, so that's the end of that. Omelay One of the Talmudim said to Robert, Trima Marvel. What is the bracha that you say on Trima? Rashi explains that Trima is a solid that has been somewhat crushed, but not completely. Right? If it's completely crushed, it's a liquid. And then it, then it comes into the argument that we just had before. But here we're talking about something that is crushed, but it's not really completely crushed. So it says the Gemara, like, how about that did Robert make omelette? At first, Robert didn't understand what the Talmud meant by when he said Trima. He sort of, he forgot what that, the actual word, what Trima meant. So Ravina helped him out very kindly. Yosef Ravina came to Robert. Ravina was sitting in front of Robert at the time. And he asked him some questions. And from those questions that Ravina asked the Talmud, Robert reminded himself what Tarima is. In other words, we see from here, you, well, well, let's learn the story first. And then, then there's a muscle you can learn that from here. Yosef Ravina came to Robert. So Ravina was sitting in front of Robert. On the left, he said to the Talmud, the Shumshim Omis, when you say Tarima, Tarima is just a general term for something that's crushed. But specifically, what are you talking about? The Shumshaka Amrut? Are you talking about the Truma, the crushed part of sesame? Now, sesame, Rashi explains, sesame seeds are crushed to extract their oil. Are you talking about sesame? Are you the Kurtameka Amrut? Or is it the Truma of saffron that you're talking about? And they used to, again, Rashi explains, they used to crush saffron and mix it with wine for use as a drink. Are the Puritanica omelets, or is it the terima of the grape seeds that you're talking about? In other words, when you crush the grapes, you've got this sort of seed left over, and that's soaked in water, and it produces a drink called tennis. So Ravina said to this Talmud, which particular type of trimmer are you talking about? Are you talking about the trimmer of sesame? Are you talking about the trimmer? It's all crushed. You know, the crushed part of, of sesame, of saffron, or the grapes. Oh, so Amalei, the so robber said to him, in other words, to the Talmud, You're obviously talking about something crushed, because he could understand from the questions that Ravina asked this Talmud, he was talking about something that was crushed. So that this is here where you can learn the Musa. Because Robert was asked a question. And Robert momentarily forgot what Trima is. And Ravina was sitting there. So Ravina could have just reminded Robert and said, you Trima is when something is crushed. He didn't want to embarrass him that he had forgotten that. So he asked these questions to the Talmud, which by the by, which, which Robert, when he listened to those questions, worked out what Trima is. So in other words, he worked out what trimmer is without being embarrassed 
by Rabbeinu telling him. So, so he said, Rabbeinu said to him, Hashil to Madakaondas, you're surely talking about something crushed, but other cart and mill, sir, and you've reminded me of something of the honor of Asi, what Rabbi said, high tamrish and truma. These dates of truma, muta lasus mahem truma, it is allowed to make truma, in other words, you can crush them, but also lasus mahem shaykha, but you cannot make beer from them. Now, what does this mean? Truma is not allowed to be destroyed. Right? Even if you destroy it by the sort of process of the food, you still mustn't destroy it. So Rav Ashi is saying here that you are allowed to make a date paste, as it were, out of Truma dates, and that is not considered destruction, because if it was tr- if it was destruction, you wouldn't be allowed to do it, because you're not allowed to destroy Truma. However, as opposed to Sheikhah, Sheikhah, you're turning it from a solid into a liquid. You turn it from a solid into a liquid. That's destruction. You're not allowed to destroy Truma. So what do we see from here? That the fact that Asi allows you to crush the, the Truma, right, means it's still in existence. Because if it wasn't in existence, you'd be destroying it, and you're not allowed to do that in Truma. And therefore, the fact that Rav Asi allows us Truma from the dates of, of Truma, we see that the Truma is really still part of the fruit. Okay, it's a modified form of the original fruit, but it's still part of the fruit. And therefore, that answers, and therefore, since it's part of the fruit, that answers the question, the brocha, therefore, is hot eats. Okay? In other words, he asked Robert, Shurima Mahu, what is it? And then Robert had to be reminded. But when he read it, then he said, well, Rabati said, Shurima of Truma you can make. So in other words, it's crushed. But how come you can make it out of Truma? Isn't it destroying it? No, obviously, crushing it is not destroying it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be allowed to do it. And therefore, if it's not destroying it, it's still part of the fruit. If it's still part of the fruit, then you make a very clear aid. So that was the answer to the Talmud. And Allah is Tamra Bafinitrima, that if you took dates and you did make them into a sort of a paste, you still say a very eight to them because you haven't completely liquefied it. My tunnel, the reason they remain in their state just as they originally were. And before you make them, before you made them into chumma, they, they were a fruit, and they still stay a fruit now because they're not completely crushed, and therefore you make a bow for our eggs. Now, obviously, if something is liquefied, so for example, when you've got apple, and you make it into a puree, and there's no pieces at all, it's completely purified, liquid, completely liquefied, then you would not make our eggs because you cannot consider that any more a part of the fruit that's completely liquefied, and you say a shahakal, and that we learn here from this Gemara, because from this Gemara it's clear that if you, as Rashi says, you crush it, but not completely, then it retains its original broker. But clearly it's much more from there, that if it does not retain anything, you crush it completely, as in, for example, apple puree, anything. But anything where you don't recognize, you cannot see that it was made from the original fruit, then the broker, it becomes shahakal. Right. Oh, it's really five to nine. Um, all right, let's just start. Let, let's just do a little bit more. Um, Shatisa. Now, Shatisa is a very interesting thing. Rashi explains that Shatisa is a dish that's made from the flour of kernels 
And those crumbs were toasted while it was still wet or still moist. And apparently such flour remains sweet and it's mixed with oil and water, and that's called shatisa. And there's a big discussion here now, why you have why do you have shatisa? So Omra uh, Shatisa, Rabba Shahakul Nebimbarab says the broker for this Shatisa is Shahakul, Shmolama Bari Minimizanas. Shmal says it's very minimizanas. Omra Khisa says There's no argument. Even though Rav says Shahakul and Shmol says Bari Minizanas, there's no argument. Hova Ova, Ova Rakha. The ruling of Shmuel that you say Mazinas, that is when it said with regard to thick Shatisa. Hovarako, where the ruling of Rav that you say Shahako is said when the Shatisa is very loose. And the Gemara explains why. Over the Achila of the law, thick Shatisa is made for eating. Right? That's the, that's the whole reason. And therefore it retains its original status as grain and you make a Mazinus. Raka the Rafuaka of the lay, where the loose Shatisa is only made for healing purposes, just like a medicine. Right? And since it's consumed as a medicine rather than as a food, therefore you would say shahakol. Now I'm going to leave it there because if we start getting on to the, the, the next part, uh, all right, you know what, let's just do one more line. Master Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef after Kasha. Now, it says, Vashavin Shaboshin Shashatos Vashavos. There's a brighter which start, starts off and talks in the Brisa in, in Masechah Shabbos, and it talks about thick Shatisa. Everybody agrees with thick Shatisa, it's not a problem to stir it on Shabbos. But with Shabbos, 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 but the, sorry, no, I'm sorry. With thick Shatisa, there's an argument whether you can stir it with a Shino or not. But that's the Brisa before we come to this part here. However, the end of the Bible says we're shoving, but they all agree, Shabbos and the Shabbos, the Shabbos, the loose, we, we can stir the loose Shabbos on, the, on Shabbos to blend it thoroughly. We can do that. Because otherwise there's a Charlotte needing it when it's thick, but when it's thin, it's okay. But Shosh and Zeshun Mitzri can also drink Zeshun Mitzri. Zeshun Mitzri, that's a laxative made from barley or wheat. But the kasha is, how can you be boshnas hashatos b'shabos? The isal hazat kolafuokamachavon. If if you say that somebody who drinks this loose shatisa is only intended for refuah purposes, it's medicine. Refuah b'shabos me sorry. Are you allowed to do something for refuah on shabbos? You're not. Right? Any non-essential medicines. We're not talking about. Uh, well, it's a Sakonosnafoshus. obviously you can do anything. I heard last week, I don't know if it's true or not, that the Rav of Lod, where there was so much trouble between the, the, the Arabs, etc., that he gave a heter that in Shabbos, everybody can walk around with a mobile and with a gun. Because we're talking about, you know, it was Sakonosnafoshus. So here's well, we're not talking about what happens, what happens is that the Chazal came along and said, it's a gazera. Why can you not do refuah, non-essential refuah? Why? Because it might, you might come to shrikas samamonim. Shrikas samamonim means you're pounding the pills, the medicine, and it's grinding. It's a toichon, it's grinding. You might come to the avalok of grinding, therefore it's, it's, it's a gazera with rabonim. So what the Gemara asks here is, you just said that 
if it's thick, if it's thin, you say shahakal, because it's only made for med medicinal purposes. If it's made for medicinal purposes, how can you use it on Shabbos? And it's clear from the price in Shabbos that you're allowed to use it. And if you're saying it to a fool, you wouldn't be allowed to use it on Shabbos. Okay, I'm going to leave it there. I'll just go over the, the, the points again. So we started by saying, Rabbi Chia says bread made from kutach is potum chala. But we learned in another price of that kutach is chayv chala. The answer is, if it is in the shape of bread rolls, even though it is baked in the sun, it's obviously made for bread and not for kutach, and therefore it's chayv for chala. Abai asked Rabbi Yisuf, what bracha does one make on kuvah de arah? Remember, this is bread baked in a hole in the oven. Rabbi Yosef said, since it's very soft mixture, it's more like pastry, and you should say mazainas. But we had Mazutra had his whole meal from the Kuvah de Ara, and then he made I might say in breath of the Muslim. And we discussed if your Kaveya Suda, the din is completely different. Ma Baravashi says you can use it for Matz on Pesach. Uh, Gerald. Yes. Gerald, just want to say, we learned the Shulchan Aruch share a few weeks ago at Rabbi Greenberg, about six months yes. ago, that even if it's yeah. a Kisman, even, even if it's a Burim, if you're not, even if you're Kaveya, it is a Suda. Rabbi Greenberg said you still make only Burim name designers. Uh, all right, well, we'll when we come to Membeis, then we will discuss it by Arichas, because it's a very important thing. There's a, there's a huge controversy. A few, people, a few people asked him, is that so? So he said 100%. He quoted right. something like well, that. Well, obviously, I defer to what the Rob says, but we'll discuss the, the, the round of that. It was about six months ago. It was about six months ago. Okay, fine. Thank you very much. Okay, so Mabar says you can use it for Matz and Pesach because we can call it Lechamoni. And since it's considered bread when you're Kaveya Suda, it's considered bread also in respect of Chala and Matz and Pesach. Now, the Gemara brought another ruling of Mabaravashi that when honey oozes from dates, we say shahakal because it's mere sweat, it's just moisture of the fruit and not part of the fruit itself. Where does Mabaravashi get this from? What is his source? It's from Rabbi Yeshua. Because Rabbi Yeshua says if a non kind inadvertently has date honey, apple cider, or late season grapes, he pays neither the principal nor the one-fifth because the juice is not part of the fruit. And therefore, Mabarabashi says juice is not part of the fruit as well, and therefore that's why you make a shahakal. One of the Talmudians asked Robert, what is the bracha on Tarima, something which is somewhat crushed but not completely, and he forgot what Tarima was. Ravina asked the Talmud, are you talking about crushed sesame, crushed saffron, or crushed grapeseed? So then Robert reminded himself that Tarina was, that it's something partially crushed. And he recalled what Ravasi said, that dates of Truma may be crushed. Why? Because even though you may not destroy Truma, this is not considered destruction, but it's considered a modified form of the original fruit, and therefore we say her eight. But to make beer is a destruction because you're converting it from a solid into a liquid. Then we had this shatisa, which is a dish made from flour of kernels that was toasted while they were still moist, and they remained sweet, and they mixed with oil, water, and salt. Rav says shahakal, Shmuel says mazanas. And the Gemara says there's no machlaikas. Rav says you say shahakal is talking about loose shatisa, which is made for a poor. It's not made for sort of as a food, made for, for medicine, and then you make a shahakal. Shmuel says we're talking about thick shatisa, which is made for eating. And then we just finished off that Rabbi Yosef asked the following question, that the Bryson Shabbat says everyone agrees 
one may stir loose Shatisa on Shabbos as it is for a four. Sorry, the question is, one may stir loose Shatisa on Shabbos. And the question is, if it's for a four, one is not allowed to do things for a four to prepare non-essential medicines on Shabbos. And that, that's where we left it. Okay, so we'll leave it there tonight.